0: Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Oh, football is really
1: fantastic. Yes, it's a wonderful
2: sport. As you can't a okay. football and not
1: in a football shots! A football shirt. The football well,
3: there must be some mistake. We were expecting four gentlemen. Uh, would you accept poor ladies who shave? I can accept anything. It's the end, it's end of, of the year, year as you we know, know it. it. It's
4: again and welcome to episode 88 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host Michael McCall and tonight we're bringing you the first of our year-end review roundtables. Before we get to that, let's look at the big breaking news of the week. Vancouver Whitecaps have re-signed Mauro Rosales. Now obviously we're quite cock a hoop with the signing here at AFTN. Having a player like Miro in the team with his experience and also what he brings both on the pitch and off it, which we've discussed a lot over over the past season, so we won't go into that again. But the work that he has done with the younger guys has been fantastic this year. And they're just going to learn more next year. And it's great to to keep him at the club, keep that leadership in the locker room, especially when you've lost a guy like Medi Bellucci, you're not wanting to lose too many of the older guys. So we've got Miro now. He formed a pretty good partnership with Pedro Morales in the games that he played last year. 11 regular season games, 1 playoff appearance, 3 assists for the team. I'm expecting a lot more from the Rosales-Morales partnership next year. And I think everyone is, Kyle Robinson is, that's one of the reasons why he's brought him back. Also as well you've got in Rosales the 2011 newcomer of the year to MLS. In Morales you've got the 2014 newcomer of the year to MLS. So having those two guys on the team in the midfield, and hopefully Robinson's going to add the 2015 Newcomer of the Year from his travels, in the striking capacity we hope, it, it bodes really well for the future. So you all know my thoughts on Rosales by now, so let's just hear from the man himself. Myro gave a conference call on Tuesday afternoon to a few reporters, just talking about his signing why he decided to come back to Vancouver despite having other offers on the table and what he's looking forward to from the 2015 Whitecaps. Here's Mauro Rosales.
3: I'm in Argentina, uh, starting uh, the pre-season for my own. Very exciting to to sign with the club again for, for next year. Uh, it's a, a place that uh, uh, I'm really happy to be because they... They all, always treat me very well. Just uh, Also the, the fans, the organization, my teammates, they, they give me uh, everything what I need to be in, in, in a team. I'm uh, very pleased to be with them back and um, yeah, trying to help in all the aspects that I can. One of the things that uh, was noticeable last season was the leadership uh, that you brought to the club. When you were discussing uh, a new contract with the Whitecaps, uh, how much did they emphasize your leadership and the importance of that going forward, especially with some young players on the roster? With my personality, always trying to be helpful, always trying to do my hundred percent in the field uh, with the teammates, trying to be close to the young guys, trying to be as much as helpful, helpful with all guys that. Uh, I also have uh, some experience playing uh, a lot of games. I've been playing a lot of games during my career. And I know uh, many, many of the, the, the things that the players uh, still are going to face and uh, uh, how important it is for them to be in uh, uh, good, with a good mentality, just going to training with uh, uh, happiness and uh, uh, enjoy what they are doing. And uh, also uh, knowing how how important and how many people is behind the club, just working for us to to do and to be a successful team. So uh, always we have to be thinking about them, working hard for them, and uh, uh, that's coming with uh, with everything. It's my personality to 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 play like I did, always always trying to. To to do my best for, for the team that is uh, having uh, having me and also giving me the the confidence to to play in, in this league. Morrow, it's uh, it's Gary
1: Kingston at the Vancouver Sun. When the when the team uh, declined to initially to pick up your option for next year, did you consider? looking at other places to play or are we were you pretty confident that you could reach a contract agreement with the club
3: i, I got the other options but uh, always uh, uh knowing what i have here in in vancouver uh i spent my last three months with them and i know what i'm going to face and i probably i don't want to be i don't want to be in a place that uh is going to hold me uh, a future that uh, uncertain that I'm not going to know what is going to happen in another club so everything that uh, Vancouver gave it to me in the last three months was more than what can I expect from the other teams that I have uh, offered and uh, I have different countries to go uh, more money to go and uh just to play, but uh, obviously uh, I get uh, with with Vancouver. I feel very good, and I feel uh, very pleased to be in the, uh, part of this organization and part of the team. Also, Robo and uh, all his staff is great, and uh, always uh, being part of the group with them is also another plus. Because for them, I think is what I'm here in.
1: actually uh, talked contract with with other teams in, in MLS or and, and I think you said you had some offers from
3: from overseas um, did you actually talk contract with other teams in MLS uh, I did have uh, not offers but also uh, teams that wanted to know my situation they wanted to know how how the teams was going with Vancouver and uh, 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 they were waiting for me they were waiting for to uh, to start something but uh, I had also uh, outside of the country, in my country and I have few other op- options uh, in, in leagues that they are not uh, um, one is a, is a popular league but another one is not, not so much Uh, my mind point was just be in the place that you're going to be happy and Vancouver is one. Have you and Carl talked at all about coaching after you're done playing? Is that part of the discussion at all? Uh, we, we talk about that because uh, I'm in, uh, in an age that uh, I can be a player uh, for two or three more years and then I don't know what i'm gonna to do, but uh I'm just hundred percent mentally prepared to play because I have too many uh, I have a lot to 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 give in the field. I wanted to be a player for a long for a long time and uh, uh I think uh, I, ahead of me uh, I have three more good years and I wanted to still feel that uh, I can play. I can still feel that I like can a soccer player, and uh, I'm not thinking about the future because uh, I have not just in Vancouver. I have offering in uh, a few other teams to just join the team and I help in the uh, as, a, as a coach or uh, with the academy or um, some places. Uh, uh, with, uh, yeah, with the coaching. Uh, I'm still feel that I'm 100% player and uh, I wanted to be uh, in that uh, title and in, 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 in that moment, in this moment. One of the things I was interested in finding out was when you, when you chatted with the team for the season was over, were you very keen to re-sign for the club because of some of the things you probably would have heard from Carl Robinson in terms of the plans? In terms of building for this coming season, some of the new faces that are coming in. Uh, I have not, We don't talk about that, but I don't, I don't have doubt that uh, the club and the club and uh, all the staff is working very hard to to put next year a very good team. So I don't have to be worry about uh, who is coming, who is staying. The club is working very hard for 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 the fans. is working very hard for, for everyone in, uh, in in Vancouver, and, and this is something that they also uh, appreciate very much because they they want me to they want me to stay, and uh, I, I also wanted to give my part for them and uh, uh, just give something that they gave me last year and. Hiring me in three months before, three months before uh, the season uh, it, it was over, and uh, and um, we, we did very good for the club. We 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 made some goals like conquercast uh, championship qualification and uh, being in the playoff again, uh, playing very good soccer, just playing like a man. Uh, how we did uh, uh, our final game and. Um, like I told you before, we we had, uh, and I spent three months that it was very very good, and um, I wanted to keep moving with this what I built in the last three months, and probably wasn't enough uh, for me. Probably wasn't enough for the fans to see. Uh, I believe I have uh, a lot more to to give to them, and um, I wanted to be part of next year, and also whoever is coming. Uh, it's going to be welcome, and also because we know uh, anyone that the coaches and the staff organization is bringing to the team is to to help and uh, to, to try to do our best for,
4: for next season. I just wanted to ask you about playing with Pedro Morales. Now, we saw a little bit last season that you link up really well together. Is he a player that you're excited to play alongside, and does he... Can I help complement and bring the best out of your game? He is a very important player for for Vancouver
3: Whitecaps. He, he had a very good year last year, and uh, being part of the team and I just joining the team and play with him, uh, it didn't take too long to to know each other because probably because we are from South America, we are playing uh, the similar league for a long time, and. Um, we always won the best, won the best for, for the club and we always won the best for the team. We did a very good job and uh, we always put on him uh, a lot of uh, responsibility and uh, I also I took mine and uh, we moved from there with all the team, with all the young guys and uh, this is also something good that that we built last year and uh, we wanted to keep moving and we wanted to keep growing as a team and uh, we Pedro.
1: Having
4: great games like he did last year, we, we're going to be fine and we're going to be a very good team. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pender. I'm Jay Duke. I'm Zach Meisenheimer. And I'm Slammo. And in this episode We're bringing you The first of our End of season reviews Now let's be a little bit Controversial Let's kick off the year In January Is that really being Controversial It is the first month Of the year Depends where you come from Okay Let's start with our look of the year in January Now, like Toronto FC's season Jay will be leaving us before the season is over So let's have a Let's have a kick off with The action that happened in January Look, um I, obviously the first thing that really comes up in January
5: is the whole Camille mess. Um, he, I don't remember that. Speaking of someone
1: leaving early
4: before yeah. they're supposed to. Yeah. Oh, that would MLS be a Much better segment. <laughs> yeah. MLS
5: and CSA they, they were in the process of providing proof that he was under contract but of course 11 days later he left and it was officially transferred.
0: Are we really going to talk about this again? Just, just a quick no, Very, you know. very briefly okay. I would, I would he, say did we, did we miss him? Yes, we talk about We miss him. <laughs> the, the, the big thing is the big thing is as you, when you talk to people involved in the game and you ask them, okay, this aside from this whole like, is he under a contract? Is it whatever? He, would he be doing what he did if he didn't think he he had a leg to stand on? To, a leg to
4: or fight. he about? had two. Otherwise, he'd have fallen over on the pitch. If he had Dunfield, would have had three. True. <laughs>
0: would he have done what he did if he didn't feel like it would have held up at the Court of Arbitration yes. for sport or whatever? And so Why not? Would Why he, wouldn't you? Exactly.
1: If you've got a if you have a if you have a agent who say guarantees no, not, it to you.
0: I'm not talking about agents, I'm talking about people in the game who understand the game. Who understand what's going on? Do you what honestly
4: does? think, though, that Camilo understood MLS rules? I don't at all. No, no. I don't, and I don't think David no. did either.
0: I, oh yes, they. I think he's injured No, but I I think um, but, aging, I, though, no, but,
4: but, but you he understand MLS rules, and it's like yeah, like,
5: there's no way. But the thing is, is what uh, the whole point was. Even if whether he thought he had a leg to stand on, once he put on that jersey, it was basically over. And there was no way he was coming back to Vancouver, and his agent probably knew that too. Yeah, and no. said, So that was a, that was a basically a, a it was very very
4: calculated. calculated Listen, by Camilo, Camilo, Camilo and his agent to yeah. wangle a deal and to put themselves in a situation where they could never come back.
1: Yeah. So was his was his agent brand new when he signed the first contract? So he signed it in in poor faith yeah. that those two option years wouldn't hold up in court, and he went. <laughs> I'll get you guys in two years no, no, because I that think, makes no, them a dirtbag. Hold on a second, hold on a second. So that makes them a dirtbag or it makes them a dirtbag because, you know, after the fact they thought about it and they go, you know what, I'm going to make, I can make you way more money out of this and these guys aren't treating you very well right now. Well, let's go. We'll pack our
0: things. I'll get you a move. Don't think, worry. I'll get yeah, you a move. I, I think, and I think that's what happened. I think it's happened. the exact opposite. I think it was, hey, we're not really being cared for and, and being respected the way we should for our contribution to the club. And they they don't want to talk to us. They they're saying, "Hey, we'll talk next year. We'll talk later." No, that's no. The, the transfer window is in January. We need to get something done by January. if It's going to happen here or somewhere else. And so then, I believe they looked at it and said, "Hey, what MLS does does not line up with with the rest of the world." We know we signed this thing, and there was these extensions or certain options or whatever. But this does not fly in the rest of the world. And I so think, and, and no, So I think that that point they said, "Hey, this does not work in the rest of the world this way." Let's, we think if we function the way the rest of the world functions and and it comes down to some kind of legal battle, we will be okay. We will be proven to be okay because they don't do things the way the rest of the world does things. Why was
5: there anybody else that left because of the the same situation? Nobody else has left like that this year or last year. I also don't necessarily But no one else was willing to risk it. No, I, I, no. I,
4: I agree with Jay that it's like, he was wanting to push it because he didn't, he didn't know that his case was watertight. The Caps didn't know that their case was watertight. MLS didn't know that their case was watertight. No one had a clue. Everyone was too scared to push it too far in case they lost through the courts. So That's not what I hear
1: from his end. But then why did they pay all that money? Why yeah. did they pay the money if they were so sure? Yeah, that, that's so. That's not him. That's Coretto. Uh, okay. It, it, either way, we right. just we're, a player. I we're mean, we're ripping off yeah. old band aids on old yeah. But it's weird that I it's still a question just to I didn't <laughs> talk about it. The point, the, the, the it'll be debated through the years.
3: The point but is, the, is, is the,
1: that they were both wrong in this situation. Yeah. The the Camilo and his agent, or or the agent at least, w- was wrong to do what they did. Caretaro was wrong for you know dealing with this guy who's under contract, w- legally objected or not. It wasn't there was a contract at the time, and and you know the club was, probably should have treated him better to keep him around. They could have done more. This could have been the poster child for the club for the next five years. Why didn't they yeah. give that guy a blank <laughs> check? I agree. Should have, yeah, exactly. I agree with
5: that. I agree with exactly. that.
2: Exactly. Just they
5: well, then, the but, but yes. we're,
1: we're agreeing with you on that. But clearly, you're not agreeing
0: with us
5: that they what the agent did was wrong too. So that, no, that's no, what we're I, no, I never said that. I never mm. said
0: it wasn't wrong. I'm just saying that's that's their logic behind what they yeah. what they did. Oh, is it the best way? No. Would I personally have done that? Probably not. I. So but I, but I, I agree with you that the lesson, hopefully, learned by our club is: hey, these are not just care. commodities. Yeah. We need to treat these yeah. players yeah. well because we have not done that. We have a history of doing that with some players All and history. not doing with others. Okay, so we're gonna leave that alone. Um, Another thing that happened big, I
5: think, the, the reshaping of the coaching. Uh, Robbo finally got a chance to do that. He, you know, Richie Young, Declute were all gone, and he brought in uh, roved, upgraded Forrest, and brought in Martin Pert. What do you guys think about the coaching and how that that dynamic worked with this season? Well, I think for from fan perspective,
2: really, once you go beyond the the main. You know the manager and coach and whatnot is really you just care about personalities, right? Yeah. So Marius, I think, was a, they had to. He's probably the most beloved goalkeeper coach in MLS. MLS yeah. you
3: know,
2: right?
4: So C- can you name another goalkeeper? Yeah, exactly. So can even
2: like uh can can you know an average fan in their own city yeah. name like can the Columbus people who live in Columbus name the goalkeeper coach? For can a They box? name their goalkeeper. <laughs> I
0: can Name any of the players. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I hope Mary's brought back for next year. As <laughs>
5: yeah, well. um, and then and then Forrest was a good. I think uh, you guys might disagree, but Forrest was a good like move because all those Red Sea guys were going to be coming up through the system, yeah. and it was a good like link up for that to bring him in.
0: I think that's good. I, I think that's good in that respect. I, the only thing about Forrest that I have like, questions about is like. We have this, we've had this revolving window of people overseeing the re- residency, mm. which I don't think is healthy. No. No going from Thomas I agree with you there, to, to uh, Richard, to well, Forrest, and yeah. now is it is Craig? Thompson, is it no. Craig?
4: Technically the head of well the, Craig Dalrymple oversees the residency, yeah. but now Thompson's under eighteen, yes, head coach, well, well, and Rich Fagan's uh, under sixteen. Yeah, but Gordon
0: was the coach and the overseer, right? No. I Dow think Ripple, he Dow was, Ripple was, spot, was still, like, Dow Ripple was still Dal Ripple was still okay. It was so convoluted It's too hard to figure yeah, out yeah. What was going on back So then. I think I think as a I think as a club I respect how For Gordon I think it's been good for Gordon And, and it's been positive For a hard club right now I think in the long term We need to bring someone in Like Bart Chauffeur At the younger age Who they are committed to Being a residency director Long term As oh, opposed yeah. to like It's a stepping stone and you can
2: see it, right? Like you, mm-hmm. if, I mean, that those kids are such amazing kids, right?
5: But the thing is, for this team, because of the fact that they were bringing so many young players, I think Force was the right move in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Martin Pert, uh, you you had more run ins, Michael, with Martin Pert, and
4: you? Had a run in with hmm. Martin Pert? Not run ins, uh, <gasps> not a run yet, not a run in like Oscar Pereira. But yeah, I've chatted with him a few times. Really interesting guy to speak to. He takes a little bit to warm up in interviews, but then once you get going and start asking him all the questions, he's really interesting. His influence has been fantastic though because he's fluent in Spanish and he can get across everything to the Spanish players that that Robo wants to tell them. And he's been down scouting in South America and lots of countries as well. He's been, I think, the key addition. A lot of experience over in England, had that little spell in South America where he was something like boss for 12 days or something off a club in Ecuador. And the fact that, yes, fluent in Spanish has been massive. Yeah.
2: Just because when you're talking about the residency and stuff, and it's not, it's not going to make a year-end review show, but that ties into what you're talking about with the residency is having the university uh, connection as well. They hired somebody. They hired to have the pre-resident or the residency kids transferring oh, yeah, yeah. to university. Yeah. There's That's somebody, awesome. there's
5: somebody steady right now yeah. dealing with that where there wasn't anybody. Before, That's where man. you
2: talk about not commodities and actually yeah. humans and yeah. people. That's a great touch. The, right? that was, out of the, you know, that happened later kids are however many that are going to be at that U18 level, yeah. you know, 25 of them are going to end up going to university over being pros. Right.
5: Now, uh, they did acquire some players during that time too. Um, they had the super draft Super draft. going on, <laughs> and super they, draft. I think they super mo- draft. Super. A lot of people were saying that Andre Blake was the guy who was going to be picked, but it ended up being Christian Dean because Andre Blake went. Yeah, exactly. And then um, they picked up Andre Lewis, who who became another controversial
4: sort of story about that time where. It was a bad to first blame? month For Robo Really yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. You lose Camilo He's coming at the club Just after Darns done his interview Yeah Gide Demera Hasn't re-signed Which we'll come to In a sec I'm sure And then You pick Andre Lewis Great young talent And then it turns out New York Cosmos Apparently own his rights And Yeah Then and the Whitecaps Had to do a deal And I I personally think
5: that I still think to this day uh, While I haven't Nobody's Confirmed it or not I still think to this day That it's MLS's fault I think it's MLS's fault, basically, for because all the contracts run through MLS, right? Everybody who's signed, whether it's the DP player, everything, it's like a you know like one big happy family. So all the contracts go through MLS. MLS is signing all these players. Vancouver's assuming that MLS has done the due diligence and figuring out who the, yeah. who owns this guy. So sure. uh, and a lot of people tried to blame um, uh, Vancouver, in- including a certain ESPN. Colour commentator want, Taylor, Oh what the hell Taylor Tolman I didn't want to mention his name But what the hell He tweeted out Oh what's Vancouver doing And then Like maybe two hours later He deleted the tweet Yeah Which tells me that Somebody at MLS told him You know You're know, you you're kind of wrong on this But there's
4: you know, also cases Like people were just Wanting to jump on the front office For any reason at that point Oh yeah And it's like They were just using that As another reason To jump on the club And I agree with Steve The Whitecaps I feel You have to draft a player Because you think that These players are available You've been told. If you've not been told beforehand, yeah. had a discussion about that, and the Whitecaps did not know. But okay, so so to me,
0: uh, I I can't fully put all the blame on MLS. Like to me, to yeah. me, there, to me, we have Stay to take hold. Yeah, we, you have to take some responsibility yeah. for that. No, there's not no time. time. The,
5: the, basically, the MLS, it, it's MLS's show. Basically, the draft, they do everything. They check the players. They bring in the certain players for international as international players. The the club really has no.
0: But they don't. If he's not generation Adidas, he doesn't have a contract with the league. But they're assuming... that point, no. No. The thing is, if you
2: Googled it, right? I mean, you know, the average person isn't going to Google it for no reason. But if you're going to draft him, you would think you'd at least Google the guy's name. And the first thing that came up in Google was him and the Cosmos. No, but the thing is,
5: the Cosmos announced it after the draft. Didn't even announce it before the draft. But as soon as
2: I... The thing is, as soon as I heard about it, being, you know, a soccer fan, a white cap fan, is I Googled his name. And the... What came up in the search was him with the Cosmos, him going on a trip to Europe with the Cosmos, him signing a deal with the Cosmos. Like that's all that came up in Google. I'm it's a simple I, thing to I'm, do. I'm, to me, it's played, a simple thing to do. The Cosmos played Europe? it really
4: clever, though. Yeah, they did. They wanted to screw yeah, him up. Yeah. Yeah. which is fine. Uh, but I'm, we I'm, just happened to be the poor team that took him.
0: It yeah. could happen to yeah. any other team. No, I agree. And So I'm not. I'm not saying this one. That one is all on our on our club. But they need to take at least a little bit of the responsibility of that. Like yeah. to me, to me, Steve, I, I guarantee you, Steve. Uh, next time, any other draft in the future, first round, the guy one they want to draft's not there. He's not on a G.A. deal. They're going to ask the question. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully it falls. Uh, into they the probably same won't thing, use like, any draft picks in the future. Possibly, uh, yeah. hopefully,
5: they trade him all for, the way. First round, they a, no, they can still trade him for other things that they need.
2: Hopefully, it just goes with the Camilo. Uh... Situation and they just learn, right? Yeah. I mean, Google the guy's frickin' name. You are gonna mm. draft him? You got an iPhone? Google it before you yell it out. That's all, you know. I mean,
5: so one of the one of the signings that they had after the draft and after Camilo left was Jay Demerit. Demerit was signed about a few days after the draft, and a lot of people at that time mentioned that was Jay Demerit just signed because Camilo left and they needed to they needed to keep a face of the franchise. Because a lot of people were saying, do we keep Demerit? Do we keep O'Brien? To play with LeBron, that that was what the talk was last year. So, so what do you guys think? Do you think Demar was signed? Do you think there was a deal way earlier than that? Yes,
0: I think there was a deal way earlier than that. I think I think it all goes, goes goes way back to the whole kerfuffle that was the the whole coaching candidacy thing, where they sat down with each coach and they they said different things to each of them, mm-hmm. and one of those things was, who that we, that we currently have? Do you want to see stay here? And, maybe do you want to get rid of who do you want to bring in these are the questions they were asking those people yeah. I think Jay was his deal was done earlier and it was announced later was, for, was it after I, the Bob Bradley interview possibly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um, no, I'm, I, I don't have that I don't have, facts I don't have a yeah. link for you for that yeah. that's just what my, my understanding is that the deal for Jay was done earlier and it was announced later on um, it
4: was kind of like uh, not for me but for other fans it was kind of like a good news story Yes, because it's like, hey, all this bad stuff's happened, but Jay Jimmer's coming back, yeah. Yeah. Phil Star. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was. Uh, oh, Camilo's gone. We got to bring Jay back. I think the, Jay coming back was because of what you said, though, because he was the the kind of the the, the initial MLS signing, the face, blah all the public face, all that kind of stuff that he that that deal was done earlier, and it was already.
5: Another uh, big acquisition. Well, I don't, at the time, it was a pretty big acquisition. Uh, was Steven Benishore from San Jose for allocation money? Um, it would happen later on in the month. What do you guys think of his impact this year? Well, we've talked about him before in previous drafts, but do you think it was because at the time, uh, another time, at the time that Robinson was saying he's one of the best right backs and arguably one of the best right backs in, in MLS?
0: I, I think it was huge to bring in someone. After uh, Lee retiring and yeah. after Lee's last season was a bit on-off. So I think it was nice to... mainly v- off. Yeah, it was nice <laughs> to bring in someone who we thought was going to be consistent. I think that uh, the, the, the thing that we... And we talk about this throughout the season with, 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 with Benisher was that uh, he came into a different style of play here with different yeah. players. And his
5: play didn't match the, the type of strikers we had, essentially. The,
0: play, the, play he, the way he performed for San Jose was with these big, huge, burly center forwards. Mm. Who he could just put the ball in and let them smash around for it you know uh, and, and we obviously were not that even yeah. when, even when we had a, a, a decent target in Kenny Miller, uh, I don't think he was either able to or encouraged to do the exact same thing he did, he did in San Jose and who knows with what the if the strike force, has more options or looks different in 2015, maybe he'll be given that freedom or encouraged to do that more next year, and we'll see what
3: happens.
2: Yeah, well, watching him in San Jose, first off, I really like him, and I think he brought, I don't think he had an offseason. I think he brought exactly what I expected him to bring, and watching him in San Jose, it's, it's a matter of numbers, right? He's the type of player who will whip a blind ball into the box, and if there's three attackers in there, there's a good chance one of them is going to get it. He's not going to pick out one player in the box and hit him on the head, right? That's yeah. not going to happen, like, like or Ma- put it on his foot, yeah, like Mar- That's Mar- exactly. That's not going to happen with Betashore. He, but he, he's going to work hard and he's going to do his job, he's going to defend and he's going to bring that solid presence. He's like, just like
0: Jordan Harvey, right? Yeah. He's a solid wing, uh back in MLS for me. That there's, I'm probably forgetting others, but for me, the standout moment of the year for Stephen Betashore. Was that uh, sort of double leg slide tackle away to RSL that won the ball for yeah. for for Seba to hit that? That's know, what
2: end. he, but, yeah. yeah, that's what know. he does, right?
0: One other big
5: thing for the Whitecaps was the partnership with ba- the Charleston Battery that um, that was announced in January. It was a big hubbub made out of it, yeah. It, but it, I kind of think it fell flat on the face. Well, this year. no,
0: but I mean. Like, I don't know. For you, for me, it was disappointing. For yeah. me, that was it, was, the, it was
4: disappointing the year before. Yeah. And yes. then, well, you expected you had, a lot more this yes. year. And you, we were told we're sending seven guys down. They're yes. going to get minutes, yeah. and they didn't. Yeah, yeah. no. It, you know, we talked
5: about Jackson Farmer in the previous podcast. He was playing right back.
0: Yeah. yeah, our announcement needed to be: Hey, we're having USL Pro. We're going to be the first ones in with LA or yeah. Yeah, before LA or whatever yeah. like that. That's they, what I needed They just weren't ready for it I guess With everything else going on I mean Adam
4: Mena I think was the guy That got the Yes the Probably most, the most run yeah. in yeah. And I him and the scored The off-score is quite A couple yeah, of goals I, here and there. Yeah Mena Like when Mena Appeared at, at pre-season Training camp I was like Wow they brought him back But oh. then he's done well I, I spoke to him Towards the end of the season Watched him in training And he looks good And he'll no doubt Be invited back For, for mm-hmm. camp next year mm-hmm. and, and we'll see What he's made of
2: That was Omar. Like Omar down there was was amazing. Yeah, he was he was actually pretty good, but he came back
4: and then had that injury. It gave me that
2: that uh, hope, you know, watching him because I watched a couple of the games down there, and he
4: was all over it. Mm -hmm. The hope, yeah. That maybe is his level, though. Just now, that's the thing. Well, we'll talk about him more in February when the actual training camp opens. Yeah.
5: Um, But uh, (coughs) final thing I wanted to talk uh, bring up was, and it's not Whitecaps related, but it was the CSA strategic plan. That was introduced in January. I didn't have a huge problem with the strategic plan, but I want to get your guys' opinion on the twenty twenty six World Cup bid. Why would you waste your money on putting a bid out there when you know that you, you still have so much to do to build a team together, a nation, you know, a national team?
0: Well, I think uh, was it
5: just a, was it just a fluff to get people excited no, about it? No, or?
0: I think I think they're serious. It's twelve years to 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 build a team. It gives you some hope, sometimes. But I think it's also like they need to show that they're serious. You know what I mean? So I hear what you're saying, Stephen. It's like oh, it's maybe ridiculous or a waste of money. But you you need to you need to set goals. You need to set things. And I mean, and then you've listened to different people and their commentary, their talk on it. It's more like, well, we've hosted every World Cup we can. Now the only one we haven't is the, the men's World Cup. And so how does that play in with? Um, how does that play in with uh, our chances of of, of of getting? Because we've done a good job, we've gotten FIFA money for these tournaments. You know, how how does that does that make it a, a, make it so that we have an opportunity to actually really be a, a potential host for the, the men's World Cup? I'm not saying I, I believe we'd win, but or we, the only <laughs> way we'd win is with FIFA help, mm. if we can call it that. But
2: people talk about it, right? To me, that's uh, the main thing. If people are talking about it, then that's a good thing, you know. I don't see that as a waste of money. I mean, people forget how crappy the U.S. was before they... They hadn't been in the World Cup for, what, 40 years before they hosted... Yeah, it, it was
5: a big gap, yeah. Yeah,
2: you know, so it's... And not only that, but they weren't even part of the conversation. Like, when mm-hmm. we were trying to qualify for World Cup in 82 and 86, the U.S. wasn't part of that. They were, you know, it was a joke. You know, they were playing uh, St. Kitts or something, you know. So it, it can happen quick. You know, you got to get that buzz happening and, you know, get people talking about it and making soccer part of the culture, right? Yeah. Give it some seriousness. So right?
5: it was basically just to, you know, galvanize the,
2: the whole plan and give a, get a goal for
1: yeah, that. I think
4: there's a lot of yeah, a PR why side. Why not tie it with the strategic totally. plan? sorry, Michael. Uh, well, like a, lot, a lot of hardcore Canadian fans might think it's ridiculous, but your average soccer fan in this country is going to be impressed by it. Yeah. They're going to think, oh, they're making a big play for it. But if the CSA really are serious, they have to get their own act in order. They have to get a domestic league sanctioned, whether it's a D2 level, whether it's a D3 level, whatever. They need a nationwide league. League One Ontario has been great this year. And then you've got the Quebec League, and I believe Winnipeg might be going for one as well or something. Well, one of these pretty. And you know, I know
2: it's probably not the popular opinion, but even in a national league, you know, if you don't have that. It doesn't need to be coast to coast, right? If you have Ontario, Quebec, Canadian League based in Ontario and Quebec, so be it. If mm-hmm. kids have to, you know, move from Vancouver to go play for the Toronto, blah blah blah, or whatever, I don't have an issue with that being. I, I know don't, it I, I, I oh, girl, will. I
5: I don't I, don't, I, I think <laughs> I always thought that if you're going to have a national league, you should, especially in Canada, and they say, oh, you can't travel back and forth. Have it regional. Regional, regional have, like, like there's no, not enough talent. The Canadian, no, they have the Canadian hockey. League. You know how the Junior C- uh, Canadian Hockey League, they're based Western Conference, yeah. uh, Western League, Ontario okay. League, Quebec League, have yeah. something like that where it's regional. Where yeah. and then at the end of the year you bring the
4: top teams together yeah. and you have a tournament. It'd be great have a BC you know. league, but VMSL and FVSL. And we've talked about this before when we've done provincial cup stuff. They don't like traveling too far, and it's expensive for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you you kind of this has to be a like an almost like
5: a MLS type where it's run by a central thing. They yeah. have to in order to keep
4: costs down and stuff like You've that. You've got on this. Some of that's yeah. badly run, in my opinion, and it has got the potential to be so much more than it is.
0: Michael, I agree with you on the the, cent- the, the, the central focus being on like we, we need a national league. We have to remember though that for the United States. It took them getting the World Cup oh, yeah. and having that as a part of the stipulation yeah, of getting it. Perfect. That within a year or two they would start their own yeah. league. You know, so like look at that massive kick in the pants it took for them. So maybe this is our reverse way of that. And then you also look at like a, it, it, you talk about twelve years. Like okay, how can we develop in that time? Germany was awarded the World Cup in two thousand, mm-hmm. and the things that they began to do in two thousand to help. Give them a chance For 2006 for hosting Yeah Didn't ultimately Really pay off For 14 years later When they actually won Yeah France And now they're Essentially the best
4: of, uh... Best country in the world Yeah I mean The, the Germans finally Achieved their world domination <laughs> Yes For a fourth time <laughs> Fourth Reich So That's obviously The month of January There were a few surprises In January But what won't come As a surprise Is next up Is February February, the month of love, and I think when we did our podcast this year, the co-host that had the most love was Bisto, and we've brought him back for this special month. Welcome Bisto. Um, We've replaced Jay with Bisto. Uh, Bisto's a little bit more flavourful than Jay when you pour hot water over it. But he doesn't complain as much either No, that's that's very or, true yeah. um, So best, I'll be, be chucking in a few comments But only if there's anything that kind of gets his juices flowing So the month of February started
5: With fitness training on the 1st And the one thing I
4: saw was Nigel Coker was well out of shape He was a little bit chubby when he, he came to, to pre-season It kicked off towards the end of January I think some goalkeepers beat him out in the. In the, in the uh, I think I beat him out, Arsenal. I, I was just running after the ice cream van. I, I just remember him running two times and, it, and then I remember him just doing a wave and just sitting down at that point. I think when they did the first beep test, the first. This Maybe is just off the top Jimmy of my head. <laughs> the first players out, the first player I think altogether was Darren Maddox. Or it might have been Nigel, but they were the first two. It was Nigel and Darren I mean, you've got your young, speedy striker crashing out in the early stage of the beat test year. You're, you're starting to think, this could be a difficult season. Or it's more mental than superstar impact. And that, that was actually the thing about the pre-season camp. Because when it kicked off that first week, it was a really, really young camp, really inexperienced camp. This is before all the signings, which we're going to talk about, that happened in February, and you're looking around and you're starting to think, yeah, this might be tough. This might be a big, big ask for Robo Yeah, for me, the thing that when I look
0: think back at the first week or the beginning of the training camp was uh, speaking to you know one of the one of the people from you know who helps make decisions at our club, who already was was kind of selling the line of what we could expect for the year in terms of, of, of scoring. Because uh, I remember that very first day, I was just talking to someone and whatever, and they brought up, you know, Camilo's departure or whatever, and then they're like, yeah, this year we are going to have scoring by committee. And I was just like, I don't really like the sound of that. Yeah. And I see that... Well, I don't know, because
4: I don't know how good a footballer Rachel Lewis is. Um, Bobby's probably still got some moves that could, could, could score, but the rest of the committee, not so sure. Oh, but, so...
0: I, uh, but it also for me In retrospect Looking back Also was You know An indicator that Hey we're not bringing Anyone else in yeah. to, to solve this problem
4: I think it was good though Maybe to temper expectations yes. Because then what happened And how the season played out was yeah. exactly what they knew was Yeah good. it was fantastic And I I really was Like when we were doing Our preseason predictions I had a quick look back at that None of the AFTN guys Had Vancouver Making the playoffs I had them in 5th, 6th I think you had them sixth. sixth maybe fifth. maybe you had them fifth, but I know I I had them outside. But I also predicted
5: Portland them would somewhere. miss in the in my preseason. Yeah. I, I hit that on the head. you guys are so pessimistic,
4: well, yeah, I I no, you had them in like seventh or eighth, I think, yeah. or something like that. You had them really relegated to, relegate to, to yeah. USA. Well, that at <laughs> that Canadian. point it, in the first couple of
2: weeks of. Uh, February, you know, all the buzz on Twitter was, you know, would they win a game in the first 10? Yes. Right?
4: Yeah. Like that a certain was, soccer pirate was be, really mentioning yeah, that. Yeah. I, yeah. that question. I said one. I yeah. was wrong.
2: But it looked that way. Like, the, you no. know, 2011 looked like a powerhouse squad compared to what we saw at the Yeah, because you're
4: looking out at the training pitch and then you're seeing like Bustos and Froes and Mitch Perot and Jackson and it's like great residency guys to get a yeah. chance. And they were ah, the thing is they were outperforming the veteran guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they, they, they I mean they were performing. like you started off talking about Nigel. He came to training looking unfit. And yeah, I mean Kenny Miller, Andy O'Brien, two other veterans, Poor. they turned up lean, mean, hungry. They were ready to go. Yeah. Andy especially was really impressive. He'd put the hard work in. He trained in the winter with the performance players, the yes, young guys. Yes. He put in that work. Kenny obviously had done a lot in Scotland as well, and We're the friends. two of them came mm-hmm. back so fit. Then and then you looked at Nigel and you're like, wow. Yeah, writing was on yeah, the yeah. wall for Nigel then. Yeah.
5: Kakuta came in uh, unhealthy. Yeah, uh, he, he had his back injury. He had a back, injury. He had a back injury. So there was and he's a lot kind of, of struggled him. with that yeah, all and all then, long.
4: yeah, and then because he lost those early months of fitness, I think that is why we saw a poor Kakuta as the season went on. Uh, so after, you know, that first week They obviously went over
5: to Casa Grande Arizona, uh, baby And there was a big focus on Salgado Because we were talking earlier in the previous month Salgado was really impressing in that yeah. first week I, I liked
4: what I'd seen of him he was, he was keen He wasn't fighting with his teammates He seemed to have a, the right attitude And he wanted to show everyone He was back Fit, healthy Going to be a starter yeah. And then the, early on in that Casa Grande trip They, they, they signed
5: those two-year wins um, Nicholas Mesquita and brought on loan Sebastian Fernandez, and everybody was kind of excited because finally, like a lot of people were talking about when Robo was first uh, signed as a coach. Where's the Latin? Uh, obviously, it was Minor Campos asking the, most of those questions. But <laughs> where was <laughs> the Latin flavor in the thing? And he brought a couple of guys, with Mesquita and Fernandez, who had some pedigree.
4: I think it took me the whole month to actually work out which one was which. Yeah, and, and how I was watching the games and how to spell them as Mesquita, well. yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what, what were your first impressions of Seba and Nico?
0: Yeah, well, you, you talked to Robbo and he was like, yeah, we're bringing people in, don't worry. It was kind of like, it was the first test, I think, of you know, okay, is he going to be able to come through on kind of what he's saying? Mm. And then, and then these guys came in and it was like, okay, yeah, like, they're going to contribute. I don't know, maybe You know, you have questions over, like, how much, or are they going to be able to deal with the physicality, ultimately? Are they going to break down? Are they going to be consistent? All oh, those kind of normal things, but you're like, okay, these guys are going to really, they're going to help us. They're going to make a contribution. They brought at least a level of excitement, right? Totally, like yeah. you, You knew what, you could see
2: what the plan was, that they were going to play some attacking, you know, some good-looking football, and the yeah.
5: people that saw him down in Arizona, we yeah. had Massimo there, and he, yes. he was he was seeing that there were good things coming up. Look, yeah. he, they look good. The results weren't that great. They did win against the Indy Eleven or wherever they are. But the, the, USL Pro, are they? I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. Maybe there. Maybe we'll see next it. year. There you go. Bit old name, but but they their two losses. They lost two
4: one both two times to Seattle Sounders. Bloody Yeah. And um, mm. hey, it's better to lose games against them, and it mm. means absolutely nothing. Yeah,
0: I hate to lose them to, to
5: that any time. Awesome. But well, true. true, but true. So basically, that that ended the uh, the Kasigandri trip. But then they came back, went to Victoria. It was a really rainy and windy affair. We got stuck on the ferry for like five <laughs> like, hours. Like every trip to that. Victoria, and, yeah. I I never joke people
4: can, can do that trip every game for for Whitecaps. I know it's not maybe a five-hour ferry journey, but the guys that come over from the island regularly to, to watch the Caps of BC play, so like, hat off to them. Those guys, that's some commitment, because that ferry journey is just mind-numbing. Yeah, we
5: got stuck... The, the Whitecaps were on the same ferry as us, and we were stuck there for it was a long time. Yeah, track. it gave
4: us a good chance. We had a, a good sit-down chat with Carol, and we didn't stalk him. He actually came up and, and spoke to us. We chatted him for about half an hour, yeah. and it, it was our first chance to really get to, to know what he was thinking of as a boss, what his plans were for the season. I nagged endlessly about cutting Michael Calderon, who I still think should have kept. <laughs> have a I'm still hoping he might get brought back for a training camp. A he old he older than play, uh, He's older than Robinson. He's older than me, yes. We might play
2: him, right? In the True. Yes, so
4: never, yeah. But uh, the only
5: thing that came out of the Victoria trip was uh, Andre Lewis. Not because he scored the winner... But because he kind of went viral the after stuff. the celebration when he actually did try to do a flip in his <laughs> face.
4: I think the, the first white cap player that's gone viral that hasn't been at the Roxy. Yeah. Oh, well, that uh, happened later, actually. True. Okay. Later on, they came
5: back. And we were talking about this on a previous podcast. The inter-squad game. 2-1 win for the blue. But the main thing came out of there was the fight between Mane and Selgado,
4: And the start of... Yeah. The start of the end For Salgado maybe But certainly The the start of Robbo thinking Look I'm giving this guy a chance Is he going to blow it? And we all know What ultimately happened So that, that was the fight
5: there A couple of days later They took off to Portland For the Rose City Invitational
4: Yeah And Steve and me Went down for that uh, Steve, For the first weekend Yeah you yeah. went down For the first weekend Then I had to come back For some work And then went down I went down For the second weekend Yeah Whitecaps went on to win that tournament in March yeah. uh, But the, it, was a, it was a great week It was a really good team bonding week And they're going back down again this year It's yeah. going to be good
0: So Michael so then I think we should get the team to make sure That you're at all these post, or pre-season tournaments Because they keep on winning trophies when you go
4: That's true actually yeah. I saw, two two. Us, saw us win the Mickey Mouse Cup yep. um, Missed the, the Goofy Cup down in Charleston they Didn't win that they didn't win. No, And of course Rosy Invitational Won that So if you're listening Whitecaps Carol If you want to pay For my trip down there I'm available (laughs) I've already booked That week off I've got my cheap hotel Narrowed down If you want to pay For a more expensive one And put me up in style As the lucky charm At the nines Yeah I'm, I'm very very available When I was down there Though actually That was like Going back to Salgado That was the first time Like Carol Chewed Salgado out In front of the rest Of the squad I was the only media person that was still there watching it, it was the Friday before the last game, and Salgado had given some cheek to Gordon Forest twice and Rob was like I'm not having that and he, he told the squad and Omar in no uncertain terms if you're gonna disrespect me, there's no way you're gonna be here. I mean know how that ended. So, yeah. but the
5: one of the biggest acquisitions that occurred during the Portland trip was the trade with TFC, where they were able to pick up Matias Lava. Laba! Matias. Uh huh. Uh huh. Laba. Uh huh. Uh huh. Matthias. Uh huh. Uh uh-huh. huh. Uh uh-huh. huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, what do you guys think about that trade? <laughs> I
0: think, I think <laughs>
2: it's <laughs> I, I, that's it's like this. It's. It's the quintessential, man. This is TFC personified. Like, how freaking great is I don't know. This is the greatest trade in the history of the Vancouver Whitecaps, flat out. I agree. Because you get such a quality player for basically nothing from a club that you just love to mock. and, And, like, what could be greater?
5: And the thing is, is if you look back on TFC season... Yeah. They could have actually used Laba in front he of the back. He was a player, court, I think. Been, yeah. <laughs> in front of, if you had Laba, you Bradley. had Bradley up top, and then you had the ahead of him. Yeah, Th- that would have yeah. been such a solid like down the you, middle. It was Caldwell in the Dedicate
2: a one-hour podcast. <laughs> To discussing this trade. <laughs>
5: documentary style. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Documentary an, style. A, an interesting thing, like, TFC were trying to appease their fans towards the end of the season saying, Oh, the Whitecaps are going to have to pay big to get him. Yeah. And then the deal was done on Monday. Because
2: every fan wants to hear about money. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What we got was $7 million.
4: The deal was done on December 8th. And Robo couldn't hide his joy. And then had to say i to be. I've got to be a bit respectful, but you could tell he got a super sweet deal because yeah. he was like cock a hoop about that. And when someone's cock a hoop, I mean, yeah, this. No, I, 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 we have we
0: have quite the history of fleecing DFC yeah. and trade, oh, like yeah. Nathan surges for a first round draft draft. Well, oh, the oh, player they picked was, the the pick was though. garbage, though. So true, true.
2: Yeah, and with all, yet with all that, this still stands out.
4: Yep Bisto also thinks <laughs> That TFC Have no idea What to do.
5: No but You got that one You got the Hasley trade Where they dealt Hasley For half a year Picked up a first rounder And then Hasley left Who um, was that
4: first rounder That was That was That ended up being Kakuta Essentially Oh, oh so that was good And of yeah. course Hasley now playing Indoor football In Las Vegas Well just for fun He's home in Las Vegas I think it's about his level His wife is from Las Vegas yeah. yeah Yeah so that was month he's,
0: of he's a he's a soccer bowl champion. What's okay. remember Oh,
4: so that was the month of February. So what, Kyle Robinson? Then had to watch out for was beware the Ides of March in the next podcast. So just before we wrap up this episode, if you want to tell everyone where they can find you online, Slamo at Slamo on Twitter, S S S L A M O.
2: Zachary.
0: Zachary A.M. at Zachary A.M. on Twitter or on the movements at Curva
4: Collective. Hopefully your movements are regular. And you can find me at Whitecaps Beat. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can read all my stuff AFTN on Canadian Soccer News AFTN.ca CanadianSoccerNews.com And I'm also the beat reporter for the Whitecaps for MLSSoccer.com So as always thanks for listening take care and until next time
3: on the Cats When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, crackly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous, somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half time, pipe for dad, mums at home making the tea. Ah, oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Mm-hmm.